All right, let's give this shit a shot. Yes. Here we go. Um, show, welcome, everybody. And to Hyperborean Radio, all you wastelanders, I am the Lorekeeper, and with me, as always, is Celtic God. And stuff. Uh, yeah, so we're sitting down. Absolutely no idea what we're going to talk about, but we're going to talk, damn it. Yeah. We have opinions and stuff, and they matter. If you don't believe me, just ask me. I'll tell you again. Yes. <laughs> but, um, no, over, because um, we was just talking about it. And, again, this is the one thing. Like, the other show, the bonus, I think that one was better because buttons were accidentally hit. Um, this time here, there's, like, the pressure of, oh, my God, we're recording. Yes. But, um, anyways, the... Uh, how was it that you described it? The red, the black, and the green? Yeah, the red, the black, and the green. Or the black, the red, and the green. Right. The green, the red, and the black. Right, because we'll be on the last day, I think, when this comes out. Yes, yeah. If my math is correct. Um, so, like, yesterday, it was all the black and death. And I'm sure people was like, oh, man, they just suddenly went in a weird direction. But it was about the mercy and kindness of death. It's not something to be afraid of. And so many people are absolutely terrified of it. Um, there was a couple of posts I worked up where I, I couldn't even post them because they were too too much for some. Yeah, we ran them through some of our uh, friends, and they were like, "No, that'll mess." Yeah, with actually, kind of horrified them. Yeah, we, we we scarred them for a day or two. Yeah, he seems to be over it today, though. Yes. And then, uh, well, what's the focus today? Green. So. Uh, yeah, there's going to be some messed up stuff on there once I start posting stuff. Yeah. Well, actually, you're already looking for some messed up stuff for the green. <laughs> because the green is is life. And uh, what, okay, it's actually a concept within paganism, but uh, the naming of it actually comes from DC some comic Comics. Yeah. Oh, DC. Okay, there you go. DC Comics and Swamp Thing or something like that. Um. Yeah, but it's it is a very pagan concept. Uh, well, and basically what it is is you have the black, which is death, and you need death both for the mercy of death for when you're at the point where you're going to die, and then you also have, um, of course, the cycle. You die, you rot, and then things, I know I asked you a question, alive. but man, it'd be hilarious if we get if we had the the camera set up and they could see us. See us both, like when you're talking with your hands, and then I just turn around. What is he pointing at? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anyways, continue on. But the, the, uh, the red, the green, and the black. Okay, the green is basically life. I mean, and then the red is conflict. Right. So blood. Because most conflict, especially with humans, involves blood. But... We're taking their naming scheme, not the way that they just described no, because it. Because the, the naming scheme is powerful. The it naming scheme is really good. The way they do it is... The green is literally just plant life in DC, and then the red is animal life. Specifically, mam mammalian, I think. Because like different animals are completely different, have incredibly different ways of doing things. But basically, it's mammalian. Right. And um, that's one of the... Th but I really liked that naming scheme because it it encapsulates a lot of paganism. Because you have your sort of wild deities, your death deities, and then you have your conflict deities, which are, you know, 
basically war, struggle, creation, destruction. Mm -hmm. And by creation, I mean like smithing gods, birth gods. Because here's the thing is giving birth, yes, that's that's life, but it's also conflict. Like with the Spartan women, if you died in childbirth, you could actually that was when you would get a warrior's burial. It was the only way a woman could get it. Well, unless she died in combat. Yes, which is pretty rare because Spartans right. are smart. They don't drag their women into war if they don't have to. Right. Well, usually by the time a Spartan woman would be getting that kind of burial. Um, yeah, it's dying in, in birth. And to be honest, a lot of it's speculation based off from what not the Spartans said, but the people around the Spartans said. Because the Spartans themselves like us really shitty record keepers. Well, and that's actually uh, another thing, which but they did get invaded every now and then by like the men would be at war somewhere. And then Athens come in and try fucking up Sparta. And then the Spartan women and children would go out and, and just and whoop them. put them in the ground. Well, there's times when the Spartans would come back and they had more territory. Yes. And not because they won it in the war, but because some idiot neighbor tried to invade Sparta. So they're like, Oh, you were trying to take us over. We'll, we'll show you how it's done. Right. And this actually brings us to another thing, which is part of the reason of the way that I actually do paganism is I'm not interested in trying to recreate some ancient thing because, one, we don't know what it was. Mm-hmm. Anyone who tries to claim we know 100% what 2003, well, 2004, Well, and besides that, it's ago. a completely different time anyway. So even if we knew 100% what it was, to do it the exact same way wouldn't make any sense in today's world. Well, it's something I've brought up is, yes, the gods do change. But then the older form disappears or they split. Like, for instance, some people will try to claim that Odin is Santa. Okay, but now he's Santa, if that's what you want to believe. I don't personally think it because I've dug into the research and whatnot. Right, well, and it's something at first you're like, well, maybe there's something to this. And the more I dug, the less it is. The thing is, there's a lot of... Well, and... uh, Not not to interrupt, but I'm going to interrupt because a lot of people, when they do research... The cargo cult thing that I looked up yesterday, cargo cult science. They look into stuff looking specifically for um, confirmation to their hypothesis while ignoring things that speak to the contrary. When you do research, for instance, you go in with a hypothesis because you're alive, so you can't help but have an idea. But then what is it that you try to do? You try to act, you actively try to prove yourself wrong the entirety of the time. Yeah, and it's messed with my head because I'll actively try to disprove like the Europeans are the hairy people because I'm like, no, we're not that hairy. And then I look it up and I'm like, oh, we are the hairiest motherfuckers right. And it's on the not planet. just a Google search. He actually sits down digging through stuff. Oh, yeah. I, or, I'll look at old medical records. Or one way he's like, hey, you know what? If we're the hairy people... Well, why aren't we descended from bears? And it's kind of like a random thought. And then we, we knew that there the was f- some lore. To su- and then the lore is that. everywhere. Oh, yeah. yeah. Turned out the lore is literally everywhere through through all the Hyperborean lands. And then we started looking at the bear and the bear's behavior specifically. And Compare their facial to, features yes. and the fact that if you... Sh- Literally, if you take the head away and you, we even you went so far them. as to try looking up uh, genetic studies, and all they do is say gone. that all they do is say that it ba- they basically haven't done any, and the ones they have because done, the idea were... is ridiculous. Yeah, and it's it's one of the things that really messes with my head because I'll dig into this stuff with the expectation of <laughs> this is silly, and then two weeks later I'm like I'm too far in I can't get out. <laughs> 
Well, and when you came across that stuff, um, it's really old and it's it's microscope work. But when they started examining like semen under um, microscopes, and some of the scientists of the time said there's no, while there's a discernible uh, difference between the semen of a man and the semen of a dog or a horse or all these other animals, there is no discernible difference that they could see between the semen of a bear and the semen of a, of a human. Well, and then you end up with... And of a human mean, meaning hyperborean. Well, and then weirdly enough, there's historical records of bears kidnapping women, like hyperborean women, to be their, their mates, basically. Now, it's now, weird. Now, are we saying that we can interbreed? No, no. No. Actually, we're not. No. We're pretty sure that's an impossibility. We're pretty sure that's a, that's a mythological uh, poeticism. Right. However... It does show to the biological similarities between humans and our well, bear cousins. And, well, we're not the only ones that notice it because bears will straight up kidnap. If they lose their own cubs, they'll pull, they'll pull a childless 42-year-old woman thing and kidnap a, a Oh, yeah, they'll actually baby. kidnap, and specifically hyperborean kids. And at first, that started off as a thing, too, where we're like, seems like it's only hyperborean children. And now we went looking. Trying to prove it wrong. Oh, there, there, there had to have been a Dravidian kid or a Native American kid that or was a Japanese and, kid or something. And it's not that it didn't happen, but they always kill them. There's cases, uh, documented cases, where bears have raised human cubs for years. Well, and not only that, the like people will be like, well, what about Mowgli? Well, first of all, a that was wolves, and b that was a fictional story written by a European yeah. set in India. And we was looking for actual documented cases. Yeah, it's it's weird how much there is out there. And it's it's one of the reasons the way that I try to do ethnic faith is I make it ethnic faith. Mm-hmm. Ethnic faith doesn't stop when officially the church takes over. Right, but my point is sometimes we'll come up with weird shit and what is our first instinct to prove it wrong? Yeah, well because here's the thing is if you start with the idea that you are right and then just try to prove you're right, you'll be insane. Right. You, you'll you'll get it all wrong. It's like why do it's I not? Easy to prove yourself right. Well, Emotionally, it's easy to prove yourself right. Well, it's like why don't I buy pie? Because people will talk about Proto Indo European all the time, and um, pie. Well, question the thing that everybody's pushing on you. Yeah, ba- it, I mean to get real basic with it. Like I don't know. Uh, to touch on, on modern events, the harder they push an idea, the more people resist it. Why? Because if it's true, why do they have to push so hard? Well, like the 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 pie people. Uh-huh. Uh, when I was getting into it, everyone pushed it. They, and the thing is, oh, none of them mad agreed. at you when you question it. Yeah, like none of them would agree. They they'd have like a completely different idea of it, and then the linguistics didn't match up. And then, like, sometimes this is this god, and sometimes this is this well, god, and it's like, what the for hell? It's like the thing that we was talking about earlier when we went for that, for the walk, was the the word color. Okay. Color in French, color in English, is it means the same thing. So this sounds like I'm arguing for pi at first. But you got C-O-L-O-R, C-O-L-O-U-R, C-O-L-O-U-R-E. Color, color, and color. These are all... They, they all mean the same thing between two different languages. There's our language link. Except for then they'll take C-O-L-L-A-R because it's similar. And now color becomes collar. And then collar becomes collar because there's another collar with a K um, to bind. 
to bind with the color of, and then they do all these weird fucking links. And we know C-O-L-L-A-R has absolutely nothing to do with C-O-L-O-R. Well, and here's another thing is because most English speakers are monolingual, mm-hmm. when they get into linguistics, they have no idea what they're talking about. Yeah. Because I'll admit, I'm not a linguist, but I know enough and I read enough to know when... Well, and there's a when... difference, too, because a lot of the times what they rely on is translations. Which is a mistake. Because we've gone through some of the, the linguistic evolution, and there are massive jumps that just don't happen. Like Because we can track back and know for a fact what we're talking about for... A couple centuries, and you can see the evolution of a word. And but then all of a sudden, they there's this massive jump. Like oh, they won't notice that we just skipped over to another complete different language group that where we can translate can translate a word to mean the same thing as this other word. So clearly they are the same. Well, one of my personal favorites is you can't really look up any language without them trying to claim it's the Proto-Indo-European, yeah. which doesn't exist because they made it up. Oh, dude, it is getting so hard to, to well, not step in that pie because you look up Japanese stuff, there's pie. You look up Aztec stuff, there's pie. It still well, that's just sense. proof that it's true. Christians make the same argument. Well, basically what they did was they took pie and they made it the Tower of Babel language. Yes. And... This is the thing that is the dead giveaway. And is, it's even described as such. Well, yeah. Well, and I, this is the whole thing is even if it was true, let's say that let's let's roll with that for a second. What in the absolute fuck does it matter? Yeah. That, that's my honest opinion. Because A, the pantheon, the language, all of it is made up. So even if this supposed tribe existed, the supposed mythology and the supposed language that people are associating with it are completely made up. You may as well venerate Dothraki. Well, what's that one thing that you said before? Because it is actually pretty accurate. When they make arguments that all the people are the same, therefore, the non-Hyperboreans can worship Hyperborean gods. What they're actually saying is, I want to worship these foreign gods and make it okay. Well, that's what it is. Is Here's the thing. Hinduism comes ready-made and socially acceptable. Yes. So if you can convince people that Hinduism is the true ethnic faith of Europe, then you have no social pushback because no one cares when you're a white Hindu. If anything, people just be like, eh, you whatever. You just cringe. Yeah. Nobody cares. And then they just pretend these are white. It's like um, we were talking about it yesterday. Krishna, this god that both of us thought was a female goddess when we first saw pictures of him. Oh, Yes. I mean, you even had a, a situation where you were talking to Dravidians at your work, and they were trying to show you so their patient. masculine war gods. Yeah, they were showing me pictures. Well, give me a second so I can show you a picture of our of our super masculine war gods. You'll really love these because you worship war gods. And I stand there waiting patiently as they're showing me pictures. I thought that they had to get through the females to find the males. No, they were showing me the males the entirety of the time. And the look on their face when I was like, oh, those are the male guys. Because I think I actually said something like, well, I got things I have to do. Let me know when you get to the men. And I'll be right over here doing this thing because we was, we was working. I'll be right over here doing this thing. Let me know when you find the men. They were so mad because they were show me, showing me the, the men. They're like, that's what these are. I'm like. Oh, I thought it was a girl. <laughs> well, and then and then you in that same situation, you flipped around and showed them pictures of our oh, gods. Oh yes, 
Yes. And then it wasn't like you were showing them Pan and Cernunos. No, right? no, no, no. You showed them like Thor, the Dogda. Yeah. And they actually commented they look like animals. Yes. Big hairy animals. It's like, it's like yes, that's why my gods can kill your gods. Yeah. Without thinking about it. Yeah. Well, I... In, Your gods can't kill my gods because my god has the universe in his mouth and he eats dirt and peas in a pond. What? Yeah, yeah. It, it's pretty much the uh, mythological equivalent of saying, "Well, you, well, you can't shoot me because I have a force field." Well, and um, with the whole pie thing, and we're only really talking about because it ended up getting thrown. Uh, yeah. Anyways, we encountered it again uh, really recently, so it's uh, in the it's forefront stuck of our, in our mind. heads. But um, they'll try claiming it's not Hinduism. The Vedas have nothing to do with Hinduism. I will let me direct you to an entire continent and billions of people that will, that will disagree with you. Well, and then a lot of times they'll go with because Krishna. the Vedas is actually part of the main one of the main books that they use in yeah in Hinduism. I've asked Hindus. I've gone and actually asked Hindus. Not these white pretend Hindus. I've gone to the Dravidian Hindus and asked them about the Vedas. Well, I heard that there was this book called the Vedas. And they're like, oh, yes, let me show you. And they're very, very proud of it. Well, here's another thing. Krishna, as far as I know, he's not in the Vedas. He's in the Bhagavad Gita. Uh-huh. Which is a completely different book. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I've asked the question. I went to the Dravidian Hindus and asked them questions because I was genuinely curious because you got, um, let me be as soft as possible. Fuck nuts making shit up on the fucking fly. Well, and here's the other thing that actually irritates me is I'd like to learn about other people's mythology. Mm-hmm. It half the time I'm either cringing or being like, what the absolute fuck is this? What I like about it is actually finding out what the differences are. Oh yeah. Oh, and one of my personal favorites is people who are saying, Oh, they keep our mythology safe. The Japanese, the Japanese can't even do that with our founding oh, fathers. And they actively try. They actively tried. And then within like less than 200 years, our founding fathers became godlike beings that flew atop giant eagles and killed giant snakes and made deals with mountain fairies and were taught by the goddess of America. Oh, and came down from the heavens. Yes. And they actually taught this. To the point where CG met one, and yeah. he was so disappointed when he found out they were just guys. Oh, dude, I was so confused talking to him. He's asked me about the fight between Thomas Jefferson, I think it was. Oh, John it. Adams, I uh, think. Yeah, it was one of them. And, and the snake, and I'm like, what? What the hell are you talking about? I have no idea what you're talking about. What snake? <laughs> yeah, I've never heard no. I know about George Washington and, and, and a cherry tree. Is yeah. that what you're talking about? No. They... I don't even know if they have the cherry tree thing, but he was so upset, and I was so confused. You ruined his life. He was so yeah. excited, and then he oh, was like... Dude, yeah, he just so much study for like two, three years. That was the focus of his study was American history and our folklore. And then he found out that none of it was real. Yeah, it was all Japanese misunderstandings. Which is Which amazing. is actually, it's kind of cool. Oh, yeah, the, the fact that they... They heard about our uh, founding fathers of America, which are basically just heroes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Washington especially has like entered some weird demigod state, but right. uh, that's besides the point. Um, 
But yeah, they 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 got all over it, and that's part of the problem. It's like when uh, that I was reading that book. Well, the about, cargo cults are keeping our technological science alive. Yes, yeah, satellites, cell phones, guns. Look them just, up. It is fun. And by the way, Google. If you're sitting at a computer right now, or if you can um, move the podcast to the side, Google up cargo cult, cult science. science. You'll love it. It's amazing. Well, and it's a good example of these arguments that these other people can possibly keep anything safe yeah. no they can't they and can look, misunderstand the living fuck out of it and then run off with it in the wrong direction right well and look at the definition of cargo cult science and then look at the world around you the, look at us too but for sure please look at the world around you not just in paganism but in everything well and here's here's my thing is this doesn't us going after the pie we're not going after the idea that there are things that are hidden from us of a mythological past because the pie thing is not synonymous with that. No. What it is is it's this specific version is not only completely bullshit and has so little merit, but on top of that, people are using it to brainwash people into either going Hindu or going Christian. Yes. Well, and that's what I was getting at with Krishna was – this is their pinnacle of masculinity, and we thought it was a chick. He has 16,108 wives because he was considered so beautifully, divinely masculine that so 16,100 women would kill themselves if she, they didn't get right. to marry well, him. Well, and if you want to know where... Oh, yes, our guys had the long, luxurious locks, and it was beautiful, and so on. Look at the Hindus. Look at their gods. All of their masculine gods wearing their dresses with their breasts and their very long hair. Well, it's like everyone wants to look like freaking Elrond. Well, and then, and then look at our old statues. Oh, yeah. Look short, at our old statues. Short hair, big beard. And big, usually big muscles, sometimes just full-on fat, sometimes skinny guys. Well, it's like the uh, best. It's like the full spectrum. Well, and that's like God of War 4. Mm -hmm. You know that they specifically race bent Angerboda for no good reason because they got Thor. If they had just gotten the proportions of his chest and shoulders right mm -hmm. and made him actually look like a strong man rather than fat Uncle Al. Right, where the, the tits kind of droop off to the sides of the belly rather than standing Yeah, and up then like... he doesn't have any traps, which is not how strong men are built. Right. It's not even a hard bit of anatomy to notice. All the white strong men have it. Right, and if you have the big belly, go look at yourself in the mirror. And ask yourself, do I have the big traps of a strong man or not? If you don't, probably lose a little bit of the, the belly, and you can lose it by lifting heavy things. And that'll also get you the traps. And that'll get you the traps, and then you'll meet somewhere in the middle. Well, and here's another thing, is a lot of our guys are actually pretty well built, um, especially the bear and the boar types, mm -hmm. um, where they can actually, if you tighten your muscles, you'll notice your belly actually is mostly muscle. And, and before well, depending on the individual. Well, and here's the thing is so many words have been ruined by the corruption of the wastes and modernity. I, I want to actually go over why we use terms like bear, wolf, and boar for body types. It's well, both that's something else that we want to go over too is the idea of corruption. Bear, body, boar. Bear, boar, and wolf? Yes. Because yes, these are used by unfortunately a very corrupt group of the wastes known as the LGBTQ. 
What we're using them for is to reference specific body types our people have. And the reason I chose those three animals specifically was because those are the three types of berserkers that are recorded historically. Right. Probably there were more than those three, but Guaranteed those are the three there was we know. more. There's reference to more, but the only other one that's that's mentioned by name is stag. Yes. Or the deer. Which uh, different translations, but basically it's a deer like being. So, uh, I think some of the translations have it as uh, caribou. So pretty much antlered deer-like animals. Yeah. Well, that's another thing that people don't understand about language, but then we can go right back into the corruption of the waste and whatnot, mm -hmm. is a lot of words in old European languages used to mean multiple different kinds of animals. Like uh, frez, which can be translated as basically male four-footed animal. So sometimes it's bear, sometimes it's ferret, sometimes it's cat. And that's how Freya ended up with cats. But me and CG are pretty convinced that they were bears. Because it makes sense. Yes, and actually Freya's personality fits with a bear goddess. But, um, well, that's like my grandmother. I don't know what the word is that she, that she would say. When she'd get really mad, she'd call you a bad word. It wasn't in English. And I asked her what it meant, and it, what it translated. She struggled for a translation for it, but she'd translate it basically as a useless animal that does nothing except for eat, so it consumes and breeds to make more of itself, but it serves no actual function. You can't eat it. There's no usable height. There's nothing good about the animal. All it does is consume and breed to make more of itself. And I don't know what that word was, but when she'd get mad, she'd call people that word. You know, what animal is that? She's not calling somebody an animal. She's calling. She was calling somebody a... Or not a specific animal, but it's still considered an animal. So what animal is that? How how do you actually translate that to an animal? Well, and another thing that's interesting when you have language things is they'll, they'll throw out a bunch of words to make it seem like everything's connected. Unless you chase one of those words back specifically and you see where it actually originated and it doesn't track at all. Like someone will use... Well, and even just Googling that, we've spotted where it's just complete bullshit. Uh, where, because the etymology of insert word, uh, you've done that. And then we chase this back, and all of a sudden, there's like this huge fucking shift. It's like it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Well, like a good example of this is people will try to connect the word bear to multiple different things. Except the word bear actually connects to the word brown. Because they didn't actually have a word for bear. And then you have a completely different word for bear that has nothing to do with bear. And then there's all the other words for bear, like the epithets. And it's just in common English, we have bear. Or as the Eupers would call them, bars. Yes. Which can get confusing to people from not up there. Because there's, there's a slight difference between a bar and a bar. The bar that you drink at and the bar that lives in the woods... There's a very slight different way that it's said, and they mean two completely different things. I didn't even realize that accent until it's been pointed out to me, especially when I get excited and I'm talking about bears out in the woods. I hear myself saying bear. The other person on the other end of the conversation is hearing me say bar, and they are all sorts of confused because they are hearing bar like you go to a bar and drink. So, yeah, it's a thing. Dialects are a thing. Yeah. 
I mean, it's actually one of the things that it's one of the reasons why if you focus on the linguistic element of myth, you are already kind of failing because mm-hmm. one of the dead giveaways is here's the thing. One of the ways you can translate Bridget's name is strength. And now take away all of her mythology, all of it. What is she now? The goddess of strength. Or uh, I've actually brought this up, Freya and Freya, two completely different gods. I mean, yes, they're related, but they're two completely different gods. Take away all their mythology and present these names. Mm-hmm. Well, what- that's why academics itself isn't enough. You have to actually understand our people, our history, our psychology, our physiology. Well, you have to actually understand our people to understand the stories. And you have to understand our history as well. Well, it's like... So raw academics ain't enough. Well, a good example of this is the what versus the who with mm-hmm. the gods. Is, oh, yeah, we've asked a couple people that, and it fucks them right up. Well, because you ask someone... When you ask someone who is the Dogda, for instance, because that's what we did with um, uh, the Capitain. Capitain. Um, he... He answered what, what the dogda is. Mm-hmm. And he is actually one of the people that we talk to the most. Yes. But then we pointed out that what he accidentally did was what. Mm-hmm. And this is actually not just a problem with the gods. It's like there was a whole writing contest, why we fight. And most people wrote in what we fight. Yes. Not the why, the what. Yes. Most people don't. It's like people can't fully understand most of these questions. But. Who is the Dogda versus what is the Dogda? Right. Well, and to use a deity that everybody knows, Thor. If you take Thor's hammer away, is he still Thor? If so, then who is Thor? Well, he's the god of thunder. So he only exists when there's thunder. Well, no, he's also... Does the- he actually create the thunder? Is it every roll of thunder in the world all the time? And then if that's the case, why did he have these adventures? Yeah, one of the most interesting things actually about Thor is he is, most of his stories are written more like he's a hero mm-hmm. than he's a god. It's actually a pretty interesting, it's it's why I don't. a heroic god? Well, like his stories are actually closer to Heracles in how they're presented than um, Zeus, which is. Well, we have a tendency to... to do that with all of our deities anyways, and some people get pissed off about it because what's that word? You hemorrhize? Euhemerism. Yeah, uh, yeah, euhemerism. Well, you're just applying euhemerism. Holla through fucking pancakes at somebody, bro. I didn't make that up. And not just that one person, at a bunch of people. Well, and then here's the thing is like the Holland, which are these fae slash imp-like things that mm-hmm. tend to hang around Holla. They constantly are making cakes. That's part of why he's, she's got pancakes to throw. Well, here, here's my thing is... Why couldn't one of our deities take over the mind of uh, a old woman that has dementia? Have her cook up some pancakes. And then just because it's funny and people won't take her pancakes because they're recognizing the crazy old lady with dementia. And, uh, you know, I don't know if she cooked with uh, cow pies or not. So, no, I'm not taking your freaking pancakes. Take the pancakes. I'm being nice to you. And she just starts chucking it. Why couldn't one of our goddesses do that? Well, and part of the problem, I think, is that most people are trying to make. They want the gods to be a what because the what is easier to contemplate than the who. Yeah. So, for instance, Thor is thunder. 
Mm-hmm. That's easier to contemplate than Thor is a complex figure with many different characteristics and aspects in his own personality and dreams and wants and things of that nature. And here's the other thing that people don't really think about is Thor is not just sitting on a cloud waiting for you to pray to him. <laughs> Thor is off doing Thor things. That's why if you want to actually get his attention, you need to do something worthy of it. And I do got something Thor like just pouring ale out on the ground, like a 40 for my homie and, uh, <laughs> and holding a, my homie. and holding a hammer up in the air. Like I, uh, I, uh, Thor, uh, Thor, uh, it's not going to do anything. Do Thor things. Be if, heroic. Be if, bold. Be brash. Well, here's the thing. If you were Thor, just put yourself in the mind of Thor. Are you going to care that somebody poured ale onto the floor for you? Or are you just going to be like, why did you just waste the booze, buddy? Right. I would actually be more impressed with, uh, from, from the attic version of Thor. I would be more impressed with the guy that can literally lift a keg, not drink until he's drunk and stupid and dies, but actually lift a keg up and drink directly from the keg and set it back down and control himself. If from the the addict version of Thor, oh, dude. And here's the thing. I'm not even the addict version of Thor and the mental image of somebody strong enough with enough self-control to be able to do that. Holy crap, I'm impressed. And that's a very Thor-like thing to do, right? Do Thor-like things. And it's not just about consumption. So, because I know our people, we're inherently lazy. So, oh, well, then I'll just start eating a whole ox leg. No, gluttony is not the point. Well, it's partly why um, I say the strong men. Yeah. If you want to venerate Thor... Well, it's not like you're about to make thunder, so why not be strong? Why not be the most masculine man you can be? And if you want to venerate Thor, that's one way to do it. Yeah. But most people, it's too hard to get strong. It's too hard to behave with strength and protect people. It is far easier to make the sign of the hammer and pray to the Thor, the Odin, and the Holy Balder or whatever. Right. Well, and here's the thing. You don't even have to venerate any of the gods to be a good pagan. All you have to do do is understand what nobility and courage and these things that, that we look up to. You know what a hero is. Be a fucking hero. Well, That's it. That's all that you got to do. You don't have to actually even venerate any of the gods. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's a whole freaking thing. It's um, If you're a woman, be heroically cook lunch. Yeah. And, and love your family. Put your family first. Well, it's actually the way most people end up treating the gods is I don't want to insult people's personal decisions, but it seems like most people end up either treating them like mini Yahweh's. So they, they, they have to like, well, I think, okay. People get mad at us because we make the, the gods too personal. And like, how many arguments have we had where the gods are separate of humans? And we're, we're arguing the exact opposite of that, where no, no, the gods are part of us. It's easier to pretend if the gods are separate versus if they we are them and they are us. Well, I mean, if you go off of what apotheosis is, we've said this before in previous podcasts, we're effectively baby gods. Mm-hmm. We're basically the larval stage of gods. Because we're not quite there, but... 
the consciousness, the the soul, it has that potential. And here's the thing is it sounds like we're making this up in some occult bullshit. No, we're going off of actual lore we found. Yeah. And Notice we haven't mentioned any chalk circles or pentagrams or wands or... Well, um, every instance of apotheosis I found, whether it's a lumberjack, whether it's a freaking apple planter, whether it's a doctor or a warrior or a very good woman... It is always they were so great that their legend lived on after death until their legend became that of a god. Mm -hmm. That is how it always works. It is not through meditation. It is not through bribery of the gods. It is not through some dark ritual involving the blood sacrifice of a thousand innocents. Yes. It is always and consistently through great deeds. That is how they achieve immortality and godhood. Yeah. And it's it's being the best version of, of, not just the best version of them, but something that people want to imitate, people want to be like. Well, that's how people work. We don't tell stories of people that, it's why we keep saying hyperborean. That's why the superheroes never take a poop. Yeah. Well, it's like, <laughs> it's like the devil. Yeah. The devil is supposed to be the embodiment of evil. In European folklore, he becomes an almost comedic trickster. Uh-huh. I mean, he's been tricked into giving people shit tons of gold because, okay, you can have that. You know, an eternal figure. of Who is the father of all lies can be tricked into yeah, something. Yeah, he can be tricked into you getting rich and then not having to pay a price for it. Uh-huh. Yes, I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, my personal favorite, one of my favorites involving the devil is someone's like, okay, you can have my soul if you fill this sock up with gold. Cuts hole in sock. Mm-hmm. And basically, the devil can never fill the sock because the gold just keeps going through the sock. Right. So the guy just keeps getting an unlimited amount of money from the devil. Right. Because, you know, that's just the way that it works. Yeah. It's, come on now. Well, it's... The thing is, is paganism never stopped. And you don't... Even, I'm not even talking about the stuff that's covered up with the saints... And the well, devil let's and call it what it is, actually. It's, it's, it's ethnic it's faith. Ethnic faith or an ethnic way of being. Well, like one dead giveaway. Hala. Hala has active stories that could not have formed and been told until post, like, 1600s. Because there's an entire story of how she made potato dumplings. Potatoes weren't discovered until after the 14, uh, almost the 1500s. I mean, it might have even been after the 1500s. The hunter with the fucking shotgun. Yeah. Well, like the eternal hunter. Yeah. Magic shotgun. I believe that's actually what he's called in that story, isn't it? Yeah. The eternal hunter. Yeah. He's got a magic shotgun because he upgraded. He upgraded from uh, from a uh, bow or bow and arrow to a magic shotgun. Because why? Because it's useful for hunting and he might as well upgrade. And then on top of that, you have um, stories of Hala that are here. And that's yeah. not even going into the newer gods like Paul well, Bunyan, shit, the, the Groundhog. The, the, uh, the, the uh, bear goddess. Mo- bear mother? Bear yeah. mother. The bear mother made it over here. She's in more than just the UP. I've talked to other people that's in other areas, and they're like, we got the bear mother too. Well, and here's the fascinating thing to me. And it's an old sow that every year she has offspring. This is the thing that's funny to me, though, is people will try to claim America was hyper-Christian, but they always bring up the same, like, 12 stories. The Mm -hmm. Puritans, 
uh, some wackadoo Christian cult that everyone at the time thought was wackadoo. When they were outlawed and kicked out of the fucking country. Well, yeah. Like, it, they're inside the country now, but at the time, it wasn't even part of the country. Well, and then why did they have to send all these priests on their horses to go evangelize out west if everyone was so good Christian? Yes. What it was was the stories you're being told about American history are done to emphasize that we were Christian. The actual history does not do that. That's You don't end up with a freaking lumberjack god with his own afterlife if you're Christian. Right. Well, we tried looking into it, which the way that we do it, we start off with the assumption, with this assumption, like we were not Christian until relatively recent as a nation. There were Christians within the nation, but as widely accepted as it is in our lifetimes. Let's start with the presumption that that is wrong. That is incorrect. And then start looking and, uh, no, actually we weren't Christian really as a nation, even widely accepted until like after world war two. So 1950s, late 1940s, early 1950s. And then these, because there were evangelistic movements before that, but they really kicked into high gear after world war two. Well, and in Europe, it's it's just like in Europe. You have your, your sets of wackadoos, which a lot of them got shipped over to America, which is why we have these insular towns that everyone around them hated of wackadoos. Well, and that's another thing, too. It just dawned on me. How many people was brought over from Europe during and after World War II as refugees? Yeah. There was shit tons of them brought over here. If we had all the heathens before, that explains why we was a mostly heathen nation up until about World War II. And then after World War II, all of a sudden, all these churches are popping up everywhere. All these evangelistic movements are just cropping it's up It's because everywhere. they shipped the Christians over yeah, from Europe. Yeah, we accepted in the Christians. And then we couldn't get rid of the frickers. Yeah, and it, it ties into, that actually ties into the research that we'd done looking to see well, was America actually based off from Christianity or was it based off from heathenry? And then what was most of the people? Because oddly, if you look at the the people in office, like Congress, Senate, oh yeah, a lot of them after the initial few went through, um, yeah, straight up Christians. And there was a lot of Christians in office before that. But the regular people is what I'm talking about. Well, and in America, the versions of Christianity that seem to have been homegrown here are always either one of two categories. They're either really, 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 really Christian, in which case they typically are Mm short-lived. Or they're so non-Christian that it's almost like, are you Christian or are you just kind of like some weirdos? Right. And I think, honestly, because Americans, think about it. Who are our great heroes? They aren't great Christians. The closest we have is some weirdo Mormon cowboys. Mm-hmm. But like uh, Paul Bunyan, Johnny Appleseed, even when you get into ones we know existed, like physically, which includes Johnny Appleseed, actually, because he was technically Christian, sort of. Kind of. Maybe if you... B- I mean, b- if you asked him, he would have said yes. Except he was basically a practitioner of animism and was considered a holy medicine man and maybe even a god by a lot of people. Right. It's weird. Um, and then you have Doc Holliday, who knew the many gods. Yes. And he wasn't talking well, about... Who came to know the many gods. Who came to he know started him. off as a devout Christian. 
And, and then he came to know the many gods. Or the story of the Undertaker out west. Yes. And not like just a guy going around. And no, not the wrestler. No. An actual Undertaker, but like not a human one. Yes. A mythical one. And it's not because he was venera- we were venerating Coyote and insert other Native American Smoking deity. peyote. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure that happened. Man, it's actually something that bugs me because a lot of people, once they get into these heavily Native American territories, mm-hmm. like there's one artist I like on um, Instagram, Stone Bear, and he carves a lot of bears, and I like that. But then he'll carve more detailed stuff like uh, people, and he always does the Eskimos or the Inuit. Mm-hmm. It's like, dude, you're European, and all the animals you're carving have some importance to us. Why are you always carving the freaking Inuit? It's because it's socially acceptable for for him to embrace the Inuit. Yeah, that spirituality. That, that it's just him worshiping. Well, it's yeah. like I've seen people with like a tattoo of like an Odin knotwork on one shoulder and the Haida Raven on the other shoulder, which is the thing is is both those symbols are technically European, except he's presenting the Raven in the method of the Pacific Northwest uh, Indians. Right. But you know, that could also be error. Uh, usually not. But it could be error. You know, like the people that get the, uh, what is that, kanji? Oh, yeah. This means soup. strength and it means soup. I got the one that means fire. No, you got the one that means dipshit. Yes. I'm surprised they haven't tried to do that. Because all it has to do is look cool. They don't have to know what it means. Well, and most of the tattoo artists don't know what it means. No, they just You bring the kanji to them. And they just copy it. Yeah, that's the way most... Don't trust you what you find online either. Yes. Well, and that's actually one thing I was going to bring up. And early. don't trust the Asian that says, oh, I'll set you up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, they're no. going to set you up because they're dicks. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, what would you do? What would... Oh, yeah. You would not be able to help but fuck with somebody. Nope. Well, one of my personal favorites examples is the Wildman dance in Bavaria. I love that... Uh, that uh, that that tradition exists. I've never seen it because I don't live in Bavaria and you can only see it in Bavaria. If you read the English translations, it is a tradition to Thor. This doesn't track. This doesn't make any sense. And I can't see the first thing that the tradition has to do with Thor. Oh, you're and talking then, about that thing there yeah. where I, I, I was, you just at, showed it to me and asked me, I'm like, I don't know the green man, the moss man, something along those lines. And then lines. you actually look, what you have to do is you have to find the original German text Plug it in a translator you can trust, Mm -hmm. and it will admit it's A, Celtic, and B, they don't know what god it is too, but it's clear, but it was, it is done to the gods. Mm -hmm. This is an active pagan tradition. The only reason people said it was. Because I remember you first showing showing that to me, and I gave my answer, just a raw guess based off from a picture, no context. And then you're like, are you sure that's not to Thor? I'm like. What the fuck does Thor have to do well, that's with what this? I was confused with because I was even trying to rationalize it. Like, does this make sense? No, because I guess you could say Thor is sometimes. Right, but maybe the way a that you asked me is an excellent not. way to do it because you didn't give me any context. You didn't try talking me into it. Like, oh hey, look at this cool picture of this tradition. Bavarian tradition to Thor. You didn't introduce it to me that way. You was just like, here, what do you think of this? And just show me the, the image with no freaking context other than it's European. 
and then ask them what it was. Well, it's like, um, like we were talking about corruption before. Mm-hmm. Part of that corruption is the misrepresentation of stuff. And it, 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 one of the, well, it plays on our, our, our naivety and our storytelling nature and our laziness. Yeah. And our laziness. Well, yes, I hate to tell you we're lazy. That's why we build big, we build big things, things that last so that we don't have to build it 10,000 times. We yeah. Just we don't have, once. we don't have to build a new house every five years because we build ours to last for 300. Right. Uh, we don't have to, we, we get really, really good at something. So we don't have to do it all the time. Or so it doesn't take as long because we're lazy. We don't want to spend 12 hours doing something that we can do in one hour. Yes. Unless it's video games or or something like that. But when it comes to work, yeah, that's why we're so efficient. That's why we make things so good when we're left to our own devices. And we will put in a little bit of extra time to do it well. So that we don't have to do it again. Well, and this is the thing that differentiates us from other quote unquote lazy peoples. We also get really, really stir crazy if we aren't doing anything. Yes. So it's it's this combination of our own lazy. We invented boredom. Yeah. Well, like uh, probably the best example of this is it's actually advice that you and several other people have told me. If you want something done fast and right, get the laziest person you know to do it. They will figure out the fastest way to do it right. Yes. And the reason they'll do it the fastest way to do it right is because if they do it for white people, at least for Hyperboreans, when we do something wrong, we know we're going to get in trouble for it. So what right. we do is we try to figure out. Well, the and fastest we feel bad about it, it even yeah. if you don't get. Yeah. We, we feel bad about putting shoddy workmanship up. So even if we're really, really lazy, we will figure out the fastest way to do something the correct way. Yes. It's, um, it's like whenever I work at a factory on the assembly line. All I have to, uh, within like a day or two, I have figured out the most efficient way to the point where I actually get so far ahead that I can pretty much just stand People there. are begging you to stop. Yeah. Go take a break. Go take a break. Uh, here, why don't, while they catch up with all the oh, parts Oh, and they're working made, really hard doing nothing. Yeah. It's like, this isn't even hard. It's literally just make sure everything's in the right, right. spot. So hit being the lazy isn't necessarily a negative. It is also a positive. It's why we're efficient. Right. It's, However, when that lazy nature is corrupted, then all you get is corruption out of it. Well, it's when it's combined with impatience and when it's combined with uh, when we're corrupted. Yeah. Like, oh, man, I, I don't. There are several versions of things that I can even track where they were corrupted, but I don't want to bring them up because they actually are arguments that get used by people I don't like. But um, eventually we'll we'll start. Working, working into it because I, I, I'm going to work on the assumption that most of the people now are going to go basically on a journey with us as we explain things and talk about things and research things um, over the years. And then, yes, there's going to be people jumping in along the way, I hope, but they can get caught up. Well, it's a very good example of corruption is long hair for men. Did it exist? Yes. As a punishment. Yes, and there were some groups that had it, but they often had really, like, the, the Cossack haircut. Yes. They had long hair in one really specific spot that most everyone would be like, ah, <clears throat> Yeah, and wasn't that to imitate, like, a horse's tail or yeah. something like that? which is another thing, like, people will say, well, the Germanics got interested in the lion from trade with, like, the Near East and whatever, 
because it was because of their long hair. No, it's because if you look at a lion's mane and then the rest of its hair coloration, it looks like it has vellus hair and then a really hairy beard and chest. And That's the top what of its head being bald. And, yeah. and there's, here's the thing. Hairstyles are hairstyles. But in general, our men had short hair. Our women had long hair. The men grew beards and the women didn't. How do I know this? Because that's still what happens today. The guy with the long hair eventually is going to go bald. If he lives long enough, he's going to and go bald. And the single mo and we and even, he's going to grow a beard. Well, there's actors that have made their entire career, well, almost their entire career, off of being that gross-looking person you don't like because mm -hmm. they have that look where they have like the patchy beard and the, sh bald, the bald head and long bald, hair. Bald pot, bald spot on the pate, which is the top of the head, and then the long greasy. Uh, thin hair on the sides. That one actor that played Filch and also played um, uh, Walder Frey in Game yeah. of Thrones. Because he had both characters are supposed to be despicable, mm -hmm. disliked on all counts. And then interestingly enough, this is actually a testament to the actor. You put him in the right outfit and he can also be a stand-in for the first Doctor right. because he uh, played William Hartnell. Well, and... But the chieftains and the kings, they're mentioned as having long hairs because at one point that was, it, it was symbolic. They had, yeah, it was symbolic of their servitude to the people. Their warriors, on the other hand, were not noticed as having long hair. Well, and not only that, in later stages, that long hair you see in those paintings, those are wigs. Yeah. They shaved their heads. Oh, yeah. Uh, the hair hats. Yeah. Which <laughs> everyone knows is ridiculous. And. The corruption of the waste is nothing new. It's just it didn't used to affect people that were rooted in reality. So it affected the people that had so much money that they would tell to the starving masses, well, they don't have money for bread. Well, then let them eat cake. And yes, I know that's not the actual quote, but or the, they'll have like well, we're also aware that we are the only ones saying these certain things that we are actually flying in the face of all these other pagans out there. Uh, it's yeah, I'm not pointing at anything. Um, but a lot of what we're saying is flying in the face of the accepted norm. We are perfectly aware of that, but we're saying it not because we want to be accepted, but because it's true. Well, I mean, here's the thing. And there were many hairstyles, like not everybody shaved their heads. Not all of the tribes shaved their heads. Well, in fact, a lot of tribes, you had to earn the right to shave your head, yes. like uh, the tribe I'm descended of. Yes. Uh, at least from what I can tell based on appearance and whatever. Um, not being able to shave your head was considered an insult. It meant you weren't blooded. And in a warrior tribe, if you weren't blooded, uh, you were a coward. Right. And who was, uh, was it the Chati? I think it was the Chati. Uh, with the piercings? Oh, yeah. Like that, if you wasn't blooded after a certain age? They would give you basically a ring in your nose. And that ring in your nose basically meant you were that freaking lowly that you may as well be cattle. Yes. Because that's what those rings in the noses are for. Well, and getting blooded, a lot of people think that means that you have to fight and kill a human. It doesn't. It means that you fight for your life. So it can actually be... That's why so many warriors were blooded against bears, for instance, or bulls or boars. Single combat with a bear, bull, or boar. Well, and for anyone who doesn't realize this, the aurochs were extremely dangerous. Yes. And our bo our boars are still dangerous, but they used to be as big as the bears. And the bears used to be bigger than they are today. And I think that's why some people get, uh, get 
mixed up, including the academics, where they're like, oh, the the only men were hunters because the hunters killed the bear, they killed the, the aurochs, they killed the boars. And therefore, the man was the hunter. Yeah, kind of, except for a hunter and a warrior are two different things, but a... So, yes and no. And when you're hunting a boar, for instance, you tend to go in a party. It's not single combat. That's different. If you're going to take down an auroch, it's going to be... With a hunting party, you're going to use several people because this thing is freaking massive and wants to kill you. Same with a bear, or you ambush it. You're not going to grab your spear or your knife and square off with the thing and try and kill it when you're hunting. No, you hunt from ambush, or you hunt from trap, or you hunt from outnumbering the shit out of it. So a hunter and a warrior trial, two different things. And it's not that the hunter couldn't get blooded because if shit goes sideways, yeah, he's going to get blooded because that thing is after him and it's going to kill him and he's got he's cut off on his own. Well, and it's one of the things that people seem to forget is that nuance, nuance, nuance and variety, because one of the reasons that, for instance, that everyone thinks that the gods of the Eddas are the same as the gods of Germany which, first of all, because one academic said so, and, and then another academic built off from his shit and said so. Well, and the reason that that started off is because they didn't think Germany had any gods in the folklore, right. which it doesn't take that much research to find out is complete and utter bullshit. Well, you was reading something the other day, and you're like, hey, listen to this. And the dude was openly, it's just speculation. That used to be common, where he was like, Maybe and possibly, and this is one of the the possibilities and throwing some some doubt there, uh, conjecture. This is conjecture. That used to be common. And then at some point, especially in this field, when it comes to ethnic stuff, um, people just start picking up and running with it as if it's, oh, yeah, it's been proven because somebody said that the conjecture suggests and they just run off with it. But, uh, yeah, we're right there towards the end, uh, unless you got something else that you want to say. No, I think we can finish up here. But, yeah, I'll just say the thing is everything is both more complex and more simple than you than you think. Because, simply put, one of the most pagan images you will see, and you probably have never noticed it, is a tiny mouse, like an actual mouse, Dressed in a cape with a sword fighting off a snake. Mm-hmm. It is pagan as fuck, and most people will never notice it. And that's you. Oh, all right. So, uh, yeah, keep trucking, honk, honk. Don't keep your heads down. Don't keep your mouth shut. Do keep your powder dry because the shit's getting real, real quick.